Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? Welcome back to another episode of the Steelers Preview. I'm Jeff Hartman, co-editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Joining me as always to round out the triumphant trio is our podcast producer, Brian Anthony Davis. What's up, Brian? How are you this evening? I am hanging in there. I'm having a little bit of a rough Pittsburgh sports day. I'm still mm. hung over from the Penguins. Mm, with- yeah. Two two days later, Christian Jari has ripped out my my hopes and dreams. And then yesterday, what what a mess. Then today, I decide, well, hey, maybe I'll I'll get some take some solace in, in the pirates. And I saw, <laughs> I saw something. I saw something that has never happened in baseball before. One of the craziest things ever, where the Cubs player on a routine ball from third to first ran backwards to home so a guy could basically score a run. They stole a run because Pittsburgh had no clue what to do. It was Little League at its finest. And still didn't get him out. No. Well, no, yeah. First, first the, the player was Javi Baez, which is bad enough. I, I'm a baseball guy. I can't stand Javi Baez. Anyways, let's also not forget that the run scored, and then the Keystone Cops come out, and they're throwing the ball all over the diamond. I mean, it literally looks like you're going to get a little league home run out of this thing. Cause they're just going to chuck the ball over everyone's head. I mean, you were waiting for the circus music to start. I mean, it was, it's, um, anyways, Dave Schofield, the other co-editor behind the curtain.com is with us. What's up, Dave. Hopefully your evening's a little bit better. Uh, Seattle has two losses. <laughs> and that's no, right. no. The, when I said that last week, it was because I was distracted by a Pittsburgh Penguins win. Uh, little did I realize that would be the last time that would happen in 2000. Well, in the, these playoffs, I should say, for this season. So, moving on. Yeah, it is what it is. We're, this is a Steelers show. We're not going to talk about the Penguins. We're talking no. about the Steelers. There's a lot to talk about. I want to start off with 
a little bit of a game. Speaking of games, I do want to mention this on our YouTube channel for those that are watching live. I know there's people that watch us on YouTube that do not subscribe to our audio platform for whatever reason. They love all the afternoon shows, whether it's uh, the Hangover, the Curtain Call, the Scobro Show, this show, the Friday Night with Tony, the Touchdown Under, all of them. They love them all. 2 a.m. I just named them all. So they love them all, but they probably don't subscribe to our audio platform where you hear things like Dave stat geek every Thursday live Mike on Tuesday, my let's write on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, but we're doing a giveaway on the audio side. I want to mention this because tomorrow this is being recorded Thursday night, Friday morning on my let's ride podcast. I give the final clue. So what we've done is we've given a clue. It's, it's a former Steeler every single day of the week. And you have to figure out what the code is we're doing. We're going Da Vinci code here. Yon here with you with, little Tom Hanks action and you got to figure out the code and the first person to figure out the code and let me know is the winner of some free swag from breaking tea, uh, breaking tea. We've partnered with them for a few seasons. Now you can get either a shirt or a hoodie totally free. All you have to do is figure out the code and you got to go back and you got to listen. You got to listen to every show. I'm not telling you what they are. I could, but I'm not. And Dave's the one that thought of this code. So people that are ticked off, no, <laughs> no, no, no. Dave gave this code as an example of something that we needed to do, and Jeff loved it and ran with it. I'm like, okay. it and I good, thought right? it was brilliant. I yeah, love man. I'm actually I'm ticked mm-hmm. off at myself that I didn't think of it because it's this good. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. I mean, it's give it a shot if you and you got to anywhere where you get your podcast or Steelers or behind the steel curtain, and you can subscribe, follow, and you'll get all of our audio contents. You got to do that. All right. OTAs, the phase three has just started. I'm sorry, just wrapped up this week. They, they finished their first week of phase three, which means that players are in town. Uh, anyone that's followed behind the steel curtain.com should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, you, you have to understand that we've been covering this it really every which way that we can. Players are in town, not everyone, but a lot of players are there and they're starting some on-field work. They can do seven on seven nine on nine, 11 on 11, no physical contact, but they can start to do football activities. So today, Thursday, the big storyline coming out of OTAs, the final uh, workout of this week, were two players that were injured last season with torn ACLs. They were back. They were back. And it was limited, but they were back. We're talking about Zach Banner, who's expected to be the right tackle, and Devin Bush, inside linebacker. All right, let's do a little game here where this is going to morph into another game before we get into talking about our confidence index with the defensive coaches. In your opinion, gentlemen, which player is more important to the Steelers? Zach Banner or Devin Bush? We'll start with Brian. Go ahead. Man, I feel that anywhere I go on this, I'm going to be wrong. You've got both, of course. Both are very important to the Steelers. The obvious one seems like the superstar. But I'm going to go away from the superstar here, and I'm going to go with something very important, and it's Zach Banner. And the reason I'm going to say Zach Banner is because of the fact that what is everybody so concerned at about in Pittsburgh right now? It's the run game, and everybody's excited. that You've got a potential superstar in Najee Harris, and everybody loves what they're seeing. This guy, he's been crowned already. He is the savior. Everybody is ready for this guy to come in and go crazy on offense. But uh, I feel like the uh, 
the uh, guys, the uh, guys in the barber shop and coming to America. But, 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 <laughs> and the but is everybody's going to come out and say, if they can't block for him, he's going to get killed. He, he won't be worth it. And everybody's been saying that since draft day. The thing about that everybody was worried about last year before Zach Banner became the right tackle, the starting right tackle was his pass protection. Zach Banner said to himself, my pass protection is fine. But the one confidence that you have in Zach Banner, because you saw it a lot in 2019 when he was tackle eligible, number 72, and he got his big name, he was pretty good with the running game. He was very good as far as a run blocker. And everybody says, this guy blocks well, blocks for the run. He, he's just not your pass blocker. But now everybody's when they're saying, hey, the Steelers can't run the ball. This guy's gone. This guy's gone. Banner's back. What's he proved? No, you guys were excited about him rushing the ball. I mean, when the Steelers were rushing the ball last year. So I think that guy is so important. He is going to be one of the guys assisting with when Najee Harris is uh, going for 1,200 yards this year. Now, could it blow up? Yeah. On defense, the other guy's so important too. But this is what I'm looking at is what everybody is looking for. And so I'm going Banner. All right, Dave, what about you? Who's more important, Banner or Bush? Ooh, see, that's like Brian says, that's a tough question because to that's me, why, why I you know, him. I know Bush, <laughs> Bush, no offense to Zach Banner, but, but, but Bush is more of the superstar player. But then you also have to look at value above replacement. And there are other options at the inside linebacker that you don't have at at, at tackle that you know of right now because Joe Haig is an unknown. Dan Moore is more of an unknown. You know what you have in Spillane and Williams. And then you have another unknown guy after them that's your rookie. So therefore, you have to balance between those two. I am actually going to say um, – I, <laughs> I'm hearing myself back through my headphones right now. Is the problem? What do you guys have your speakers on? And it's driving it's me not, nuts. It's not me. Okay, so I'm going to say, gotta get me some Bush, man. I love Bush. Uh, there you go. <laughs> no innuendos there at all. Um, I'm gonna say. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, for me, I'm gonna go with Devin Bush. I think that Robert Spillane is great. I think he's a great story. I loved how he filled in last year. No one will ever take away him. Absolutely, stuff stuffing. Derrick Henry in Tennessee last year. No one can ever take that away. He could be a one and done. You know, always have that. But on top of that, I'm thinking about how important these players are. And while you did say they do have some unknowns, I feel like they have players at right tackle that could step in. Devin Bush is, I feel like he is the answer to their void that they had when Ryan Shazier got hurt and left. And obviously for obvious reasons, Devin Bush is the key cog. And in my opinion, if the Steelers are going to be competitive, if they're going to win a lot of games, if they're going to get to the playoffs and make a run, they need their defense to be the very best it can be. And for them to be the best it can be, it's to have Devin Bush on the inside. He's athletic. And we know that Vince Williams, when he has a, another inside linebacker that is as athletic, you know, as not he's Devin Bush is not Ryan Shazier from a speed standpoint. He's not, but he is every bit as athletic in terms of just the ability to play the position. And that's what Vince Williams needs. And even Ryan, uh, I'm sorry, Spillane 
needs that as well. Robert's Blaine. Okay, so we had two for Devin Bush, one for Zach Banner. This got the wheels in my head turning. The black and gold wheels are spinning, and I started thinking, okay, what about other either-ors kind of? Yeah, I thought about last season. I'm thinking about the defense. And Stephon too had 11 sacks last year, and I know this because it was his birthday this week, and the Steelers just put up a little image. And I was like, come on, guys, give him a highlight, really. He got 11 sacks last year, and then they did eventually. Not that they listened to me. But still, Cam Hayward had a down year last year in terms of sack production. Didn't he have, what, four? Correct me if I'm wrong, gentlemen. Name would know off the top of their head. I think he had like I four. Had that. Yeah, I think it was – I think you're right. It was low for a Cam. It was low for Cam. For a guy that's had double-digit sacks in his career, uh, It's been, it was low. Here's my question for you all now. Who has more sacks in this season, to it or Hayward? What do you think, Brian? I'm going to go ahead and say to it. Really? Any reasoning why? I just really think that uh, he is peaking right now and he is in his absolute prime. I think you're going to have a good year from Cam Hayward as well. But I'm I'm really looking at uh, the torch being passed to Stefan to it right now as the uh, leader on that defensive line. Not that, uh, not that Hayward's going away. Cam is still one of the most important leaders on that team. I just really, I just really like what you have right now with both of them, but I'm going with, with uh, Steph, Stefan to it as uh, the next budding superstar. I like it. What about you, Dave? What do you think? I'm going to give you, it's not going to be a Dave answer. It's going to be a strange answer though. <laughs> I'm going to say, that Stefan Tuitt has more sacks because Cam Hayward is too good. So he's going to draw more attention. He's, I mean, you saw, I, I said this on Scrooge Bro Tuesday, you saw two years ago when the Colts tried to go one-on-one with the, putting the, basically what is, who's known as the best offensive lineman in the NFL, who's definitely the best guard in Quentin, Quentin Williams, or Nelson Williams, what am I saying? Nelson um, from the Colts and Cam just destroyed him. He just destroyed him. You have to to double-team Cam Hayward. And if he's drawing that double-team, which is opening up more people, that's fine. Because guess what? If you think you're going to if you think you're going to then stop and say, oh, we got to pay more attention to it, teams are smarter than that. They know they can't do that with Cam Hayward or he will absolutely destroy them. So therefore, I don't, I don't see that changing this year. Because if it does, then good for Cam. Um, but I really don't see that happening. They can't afford to let Cam Hayward get that many sacks. You also think the fact that TJ Watts rushing on to its side uh, yeah. is definitely helpful. <laughs> I mean, you did bring Robert. up Cam, but the fact that TJ is going to be taking a lot of attention as well, uh, it's really a good situation. I'm going to go with Toot as well, but I don't think he has double digits this year. I think Cam's going to get some because Toot coming off an 11 sack season is going to have some attention drawn to him. I'm not saying Cam's going to get a lot of one on ones, but I think he'll get more maybe than he usually does. Um, with two, it's always just been, can he stay healthy? We saw what he can do if he stays healthy last season. I think he did miss what one or two games with COVID. Was that to it missed? Hold on. I have it right here. He missed one game. Okay. COVID. Yeah. That's what I thought. All right. So this, then my black and gold wheels kept turning. I said, let's take who we're picking for this. We've all said to it. And I'm going to ask you all who's going to have more sacks to it or high Smith. This year, because I said, I'll say right now, I don't think too, it's going to have as many as he did last year, but who's going to have more go with you, Brian. I think high Smith is ready to make that leap between year one and two. So let's go high Smith. I love this guy. He is coming in looking 
looking like he is ready to go. He looks like he's in mid-season form as far as body-wise. He is uh, he is ready to put his name on the marquee. Okay. Wow, that's... Okay, so how many numbers... Give me some numbers here, Brian, in your head, just right off the top. What are you thinking? I'm saying nine and a half. Really? Nine and a, nine and a half for Highsmith, yes. And he had two last season, I believe. I mean, it was, it was, it was, it was, a, it was, I'm not saying he was a starter. He, or anything two, like that. he became, he became a starter on December 8th, basically. Yeah. Um, okay. and one so before he was a starter and one after he was a starter. And it wasn't even his best play. His best play was the interception in Baltimore. Anyways. Absolutely. Um, so you said nine and a half. That's, that's a big number. I, that, that would be awesome. Dave, he's, what about he's you? He's making that jump. Yeah. I hope you're right. I think it's going to be Highsmith because I think quarterbacks are going to step into him. I think they're going to want to move away. Now you know now you know two it's coming when thin double digit sacks. I think that's where I mean no offense to Alex Highsmith. Alex Highsmith did a, had a great rookie year. I'm looking for great things from him. But he's the weakest link on that front five. And so was Bud Dupree. So no yeah. so that's that's not a knock. It's right. about how good the Steelers are. So if you're planning and the quarterback's going to step any which way, guess who they're going to take a step towards? Oh yeah, Highsmith. And if he has one less step to go, then I think he. I, I think I think Brian could be right there. I think he could be pushing double digit sacks. Poof. This is this when I I, I had a feeling we were going to pick to it in the previous one between he and Cam. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, to it or Highsmith? Like I think Highsmith's going to be great. How many sacks did Bud Dupree have before he got hurt last year? Bud else? Dupree, I have it. Bud Dupree, he had eight sacks last year. That's where I see Highsmith hovering around. Seven, seven okay. and a half, eight. Nine and a half would be awesome. Mm-hmm. I would be totally on board. I wouldn't be upset at all. And then the question is, is what's Tua going to do? I said, yeah, I don't think he's going to have double digits. I think he's going to be around. I'm going to go with Tua. I'm going to go with Tua. I think he set My up nose. perfectly. I think <laughs> I think he set up perfectly with TJ Watt next to him. Cam drawn a lot of attention his way. He should be able to feast on those one-on-ones. It's a good problem to have when we're having these debates. But I have one more. Uh, so again, I'm an I'm a guy that likes even things. I don't like one more than the other. My wife would always laugh at me when I'm carrying something. I will take a certain number of steps holding it in my right hand and then switch it to my left because I can't stand the thought of not having symmetry. So we already did one on offense, kind of with banner, and we did two on defense. So I wanted to go back to offense. So who's gonna have more touchdowns this season? Receptions, just receptions. Juju Smith Schuster or Chase Claypool? Brian Anthony Davis, you can go first. Deontay Johnson. That's not an option. I said Juju Smith Schuster <laughs> or Chase Clay. Pulling a Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I actually think it's going to be uh, Chase Claypool. I really? really okay. Think, I think he's primed. If you watch towards the end of the season, even in that playoff game, it just really looked like. Ben was favoring Claypool more. And when I say favoring, it, it reminds me of Terry Bradshaw, how in the early days it was Lynn Swan, Lynn Swan, Lynn Swan. Then when you got towards 77, 78, and 79, it was John Stallworth. Still loved Swan, but there's you get that comfort level. And I really think that just like on the defense, Juju helps open some stuff up for other guys too. So there's so many options here, and that's one of the reasons why I threw that in to say Deontay Johnson, just because when one guy doesn't kill you, the other two are. So you pay attention to this guy, you're letting these guys one-on-one, 
they're gonna they're gonna slit you. So that's why I'm gonna say Claypool is gonna be the guy, but it's going to be even again. You might you're not gonna have the Antonio Brown 16 touchdowns. Yeah. That that's those days are over. But you've you're gonna have a lot of even play from those guys. All right. What about you, Dave? Juju I, or Chase? I'm going to answer the question, but I will tell you, I would not be shocked if it's a repeat of 2020 where they tied. You know, I wouldn't be shocked if they end up with the same number. That would yeah. not surprise me at all. But the reason I'm going to go with Juju Smith-Schuster is because um, his, like, for example, last year, his catch percentage was better than any of the other wide receivers, unless you count Ray Ray, where they wouldn't throw in the ball more than one yard downfield. Um, but, I mean, he caught over 75% of the balls that were thrown his way. So, therefore, I think because of that, Ben is going to trust him more down there in the red zone when they get down there. If they're not trying to run the ball, I just think he's going to get more opp opportunities there just for that reason. The reason I left Deontay out of this was because the news, I guess, uh, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster was on a podcast or something and talked about it. He's going to be playing outside more. And so it's looking more and more that you're going to see if you have bookend uh, receivers on the outside of the X and the Z positions, it's going to be Claypool and or Smith-Schuster, either one. And that's going to move Deontay Johnson more to the slot because in Mad Canada, and this comes from Jeffrey Benedict, who knows more than I do about mm -hmm. this stuff. He said, Deontay Johnson is your ideal slot guy with the Matt Canada offense in terms of his ability to run and do motions Separate. and speed and separation. Exactly. So that's why I put those two together. Uh, for me, I think it's going to be Claypool. Juju Smith-Schuster is going to get his. I wouldn't be shocked if it's really close, but Claypool, the one thing they didn't do enough, in my opinion, is target him in the red zone last year. It, it, and I'm not sure if maybe he wasn't comfortable with all the routes down there when the field gets short or whatnot. I know they didn't run the ball well enough down there. I listened to the stat geek and that's what he talked about <laughs> in terms of running in the ball in general, or especially in the red zone. But yeah, for sure. I'm going to go with Claypool by a hair, not by much. So, all right. That was a fun little game. Hope you all enjoyed that. Um, I do want to talk about one more thing until we get, before we get into the coaches and this is going to kind of preview. I, I'm not going to give my take because I talk about it on my let's ride for Friday morning. The one other theme of OTAs, because we're still stemming off of that, is leadership. And everyone's talking about who's going to replace Marquise Pouncey as the leader. And so if you assume that Ben Roethlisberger is a leader, I'm not crazy about that, but he's considered a leader. Um, TJ Watt and Cam Hayward. Who do you think on offense fills that void left by Marquise Pouncey as a leader? Not, not, not for on-field production. Someone that is, you know, honestly, just the guy that people are going to rally around, that they're going to listen to. Who's that leader? What do you think, Brian? It absolutely has to be double D, double sixes, Dave DeCastro. This guy is a quiet leader, but when he talks, he speaks volumes. And I really think that, you know, you know, a lot of people think that, you know, he's he should be the next to go because he had an off year. His off year last year was a year where he was hurt, but there was no times in his entire career until last year that anybody had said that. So I think there's a lot of pride with David DeCastro. I think he's definitely your leader on offense and they're going to rally around him uh, just because his buddies on the offensive line are not there anymore. Doesn't mean that this guy doesn't care and care volumes. So I really love what you have in David DeCastro. And I think that he is respected very much on that team. 
Yeah, Tecashio is a good get, a good one. Dave, you agreeing, or are you going to go with someone else? Well, are you talking about leader? Or are you talking about captain? Because I could no, see... no, not a captain. Because okay. uh, to me, captain being a captain is BS anyway. No, I'm talking well, about someone like think back to and, yeah, and also I talk I about you. I got no. You. Hold on, let I me give you an example. Let me give you an example. I talked about this in my Let's Ride podcast. My Friday Let's Rides mm-hmm. all about leadership on the team. Think about someone like Aaron Smith. That guy was a leader. He wasn't mm-hmm. the one that was rah rah on the sideline, but people knew that Aaron Smith meant business, and he was he was about winning and playing well. He expected yeah. you to be best, your best. That's that can be a, the leader. He's not going to be a captain, but that can be a leader. So who you got? Okay, because just real quick about the captain thing, they've had done times where they've had one or two on the offense. You know what I'm Correct. saying? Yes. I wouldn't be shocked if it's just one and it's Ben Roethlisberger. I agree. If 100%. It's two, I think it's David DeCastro. I think David DeCastro is going to be exactly what you talked about. He's not going to be that rah 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 leader. He's going to be that lead by example. I'll go out there. I'll do this. I'm not going to let you down type of leader. If you want to talk about who's going to be the most vocal, like the vocal leader, I'm thinking Zach Banner. They've already yeah. said that he's probably going to be the most vocal guy on that offensive line. I so I could see that. Now, I don't know that he's going to be, because I think he's going to, how do I say it? He's going to be the the voice behind DeCastro, if you have any idea, if that makes sense, where it's kind of one of those things. How do I say it? <laughs> this is kind of, this is really nerdy, but um, my, my, in, in high school, my sister was the president of the chorus. I was the muscle. I was the voice. I was the person who was loud and everything. And she's the person that just kind of ran everything. And we were brother and sister. We were really great friends. And it's kind of how we did stuff. Um, and everyone and, and, and everyone loved it. So I kind of see it kind of like that, that I don't see DeCastro as being the guy that's going to get in there and scream and get them all fired up. But I could see someone like a Zach Banner being the, the, the screamer and shouter based on DeCastro's leadership. If that makes any sense at all. It does. It does. I'm I'm actually going to think outside Brian. the box. <laughs> I'm dying just, here. You got to let me in. You got to let me ahead, in. Brian. Go ahead and talk about it before I go. <laughs> I mean, how many choruses don't have muscle? So yeah. Like, Trailblazer <laughs> here. Yeah, I'll be Bro. honest with you. There were some, there was some attitude girls that I wasn't afraid to just put them in their place with my words. Oh, um, I was say, and everything. Hey, no, no, no. <laughs> Your sister was the captain. You were the Tennille. Yeah, <laughs> but you knew he was the one who ran things behind the scene, and then you're the tenniel. So yeah. there you, I, I, I followed. I followed her lead. I followed her lead. End of story. Yep. So <laughs> I knew Brian couldn't go without saying something. Yep. I knew he couldn't. All right. So hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna go and I'm gonna think outside the box here a little bit. I'm not gonna say BJ Finney or his pants or anything like that. <laughs> but I'm gonna say that if there's someone that really wanted to make a statement and people would actually listen on that Pittsburgh Steelers team is Juju Smith-Schuster. And I'm talking about him saying, you know what? I'm done with the TikTok dances. I'm done with the locker room stuff. We need to win. We want to focus on winning. And if anyone should be that way and have that attitude, it's Juju Smith-Schuster. Why? Because he signed a one-year contract. He wants to play extremely well this season so that he gets himself what he thought he was going to get this offseason, which is a very lucrative contract juju smith schuster even though he's still one of the youngest players on the team from a chronological standpoint could be a leader on this offense do i think he's going to be no i still don't think that he is mature enough to kind of think that far through things um in terms of i mean last season when it's as stupid and simple as 
I'm just going to stop doing the, 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 the dances before the game. It, it's, it was that simple. And he just couldn't do it. It has nothing to do with the dance itself. It has everything to do with the player, the maturation process. Maybe he learned something from that. We won't know that until the season starts. But if there's someone that, believe it or not, this team will actually rally around, I think it's him. I really do think it's him. And he has an opportunity. I just don't know. And, you know, Bob Yeager on Facebook said Dotson could be a possibility. I, I mentioned them in my Let's Ride. And I mentioned uh, Highsmith as well. I think that because they're so young, it, it all hinges on their play. If he's playing really, really well, and he's a guy that's going to rally the troops, I think they'll fall. I'm I'm a year three guy. That's when you really start to come into it. That's why I said in year two, they've got to be mm-hmm. outstanding. They yeah. have to be like, he's got to be it's pancaking possible. dudes and just being dominant. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, let's go. Get behind me. I'll lead the way. Steel Dog 88 gives us five bucks. Thank you very much for the tip. He says, who do you think will we'll pick? I'm sorry. Who do you think will be the starting who do you think center. will pick the <laughs> ah. starting center? Who do you oh. think will who do you think is oh, going to get, make okay. the decision? I'm for sorry, it? I can't read the coaching Thank staff <laughs> or who Ben is more comfortable with. Okay, so with the coaching staff, uh, okay, Brian, what do you think? This has to be the coaching staff. The, this really it goes back to last year when we talked about Ben still needs to be a leader of that team, but Ben cannot choose who the coaches are. Ben cannot choose who is there because of Ben. I really think that the coaching staff needs to really, who is the best opportunity for this team. And if they see what they, they think they see in Kendrick green, it will be Kendrick green. It's not going to be BJ Finney because he's there just because Ben might be more comfortable because he's been around him longer now, you know, so I think it's got to be who the coaches want because this, is something that goes beyond 2021. Dave, you agree with him or disagree? I'm going to give a great Dave answer. Are you ready for it? Here we go. It's going to be, the decision is going to be made by the coaching staff based on who Ben is more comfortable with. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. No, you know what I mean? Well, I mean, it's going to be the coaching staff, but I think that's going to factor into it. I really do, but I don't think that's going to be ultimately the driving force. I think they want it to be green. They won't force it, but if it works, they're going to go with it. Yeah, I, to me, to answer the question, I think that the coaching staff is ultimately going to make the call. They have to talk to Ben about what's is there anything that you don't like? So in other words, let's say it's Kendrick Green. And he's the guy that they like, and they want him to be the day one starter, week one at Buffalo. You're you're the guy in the middle. Ben might say, if that's the case, we got to work on his shotgun snaps. They're they're coming way too low. They're coming in too hot, or maybe the way he snaps the ball, he doesn't like. They've got to work on it. But that's a coaching decision. I agree with Brian 100. percent All right, so we're about the midway point. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to get to the crux of this uh, actual podcast, which is talking about the defensive coaching staff. A couple tangents there. Our apologies. Not really. Anyways, sorry, not sorry. So we are going to take a quick break on the audio side. Make sure you go over to part two. We're going to talk about Keith Butler, all the other coaches, Dunbar, you name it. Uh, So make sure you check that out as well as some trivia. If you're watching live on Facebook or on YouTube, don't go anywhere because we're not going anywhere. We'll be right back. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. 
Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.